calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. There's definitely, they're called swerfs, um, it's like turf, but sex work. They're so annoying. They're always, it's just kind of being like, you know, they're like, you should really respect yourself more, you stupid fucking slut, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that would like to impeach and remove men who write lesbian movies and cast shithole actors in them. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali. And today we're diking out with writer, comedian, and sex worker Irene Marrow about sex work. All right, you haulers, remember to take a few seconds to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. It is an official task on the gay agenda, so don't delay. Also, any of our $20 a month and above patrons, we are doing our next virtual hangout Saturday, January 23rd at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So save that date because we're going to spill some tea. Just a little. Just a little bit. Is it spilling tea if I'm just ranting about things I talk about in therapy? Yeah, because... Okay. As someone who knows the subject matter, it's tea, girl. Oh, yeah. It's tea that the listeners have been waiting for and the iTunes reviews even. We'll get into it there. And the Reddit threads. Yes. Well, highlight of my week so far has to be that I watched Pretend It's a City on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, did you binge it? I know Netflix is the highlight of every week since last March, but this one was, was a real treat. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I watched... Let's see, four episodes in a row last night and then woke up and walked straight to the couch and watched <laughs> the remaining uh, four. Yeah, I'm only four episodes in because Cecilia and I, we've been like so busy with work and trying to watch it together. And I feel bad watching it without her because it is just such a joy. So I'm waiting for her to watch the rest. It is so good. I didn't know I needed it for a few reasons. Just obviously like... Getting more Fran content, awesome. Right. Getting amazing shots of the city back when it was right. bustling, didn't know I needed that. It's gorgeous. It's funny. 
to be fair, I did have to immediately put something a little like lower brow on <laughs> right after because it is very, you know, New York highbrow intellectual conversations. I did immediately put on Hulu's Fuck That's Delicious with rapper Action Bronson immediately after that just to get some balance. But <laughs> yeah, sounds like a palate cleanser. It is very much like if the New Yorker were to make a limited series. Yes, it's, it's very that, very that. For anybody who doesn't know who Fran Lebowitz is, and I didn't know who she was until maybe a couple of years after I moved to New York and a gay guy told me to watch Public Speaking with Fran Lebowitz. Okay, good. I was going to ask if you'd seen that. Right. So I was like, I don't know who Fran Lebowitz is. And because I'm not that highbrow, or at least I wasn't before I moved to New York and started reading the New Yorker regularly. And uh, he said, you kind of remind me of her just in the way that a lot of things make you angry. And I'm like, all right, backhanded comment. That's not even, I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, uh, he was my work nemesis, but he was good for some things like introducing me to Fran Lebowitz, who I love. Tell the listeners if they don't know who's Fran Lebowitz. Fran Lebowitz is a tycon, first of all. Yes. Who not only talks with her hands, talks with her fingers, okay? <laughs> I like to call her the patron saint of angry lesbians. Yes, so fucking angry. She's a humorist. She's a writer. She jokes a lot about how she doesn't put that much writing out because she doesn't even have a computer and then she's never even had like a typewriter when people were getting into typewriter yeah um but she started off by i think doing movie reviews and eventually started you know writing essays and then became a well-paid career humorist writer um but we did get a really cool look into her life before her writing career like i had no idea she was a taxi cab driver I didn't yes. know she um, cleaned houses, like just right stuff I had no clue about. A hustling New Yorker, just trying to make it. And it was so great to hear those stories. And I can't wait to watch the rest of it. I love just everything about her, her wardrobe. I can't imagine being like a lesbian around her back then. Like I would have been so intimidated. Right. Uh, <laughs> also, she does not talk about she mentions like the fact that New York was a densely queer place. Like she, I forget the term, but she says it's a city dense with angry homosexuals or something to that. Yes. And that's like the only time we really hear her talk about queerness, which was my only complaint. Otherwise I could hear that woman say the word delicatessen for hours. Right. (laughs) For hours. (laughs) (laughs) She has lived in New York since 1969, has never abbreviated that to deli. Delicatessen. Yeah. <laughs> I go to my delicatessen. I get my roast beef sandwich and I cast my checks. I did not have a banking account until I got a big check because I would go to my delicatessen <laughs> and have them cash it for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Her wardrobe, iconic. I wonder when that started. She just wears this like oversized, ill-fitting... <laughs> suit that makes her look like such a badass bitch (laughs) it's so great and she's just got this snarl cufflinks yeah uh, loafers with like the cuffed jeans um she does kind of roast herself a little bit when she talks about uh brooks brothers she's like they made clothes for wasps and for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know uh that was really cool there was so much i didn't realize 
you know, I didn't know she was good friends with uh, Spike Lee. That to me was some of the best moments. We're seeing her and Spike Lee argue, and yes. just like you could tell they're friends. And she even says like, "There's no one I argue with more than." with my family than you. I knew she was BFF with Toni Morrison that they would talk on the phone once a week. Yes, that was cool to see just how different they were too. I had no idea she was good friends with Charles Mingus and like hung out with Duke Ellington. (laughs) Blew my mind. Of course, because she's the coolest person in New York and no one will ever be cooler than Fran Leibowitz, I don't think. Well, okay, maybe there are some people, but in terms of white women, Coolest, <laughs> coolest white woman, hands down. Yeah, in New York. One thing I realized while I was watching it is that she reminds me so much of Janine Garofalo, my number three crush. And <laughs> yeah, it they're so similar, like in terms of just the way that they talk about things and their sense of humor. They're very, very similar. They also both. Uh, enthusiastic smokers and they both don't use technology. They both don't like technology. You know, Janine doesn't, doesn't email. She doesn't go on the internet or anything. And I think that that's how you become an interesting person. I loved to hear it. She does not have a cell phone. I have a landline and I have my address (laughs) and that is sufficient. (laughs) I wish, I wish After the last episode of this podcast, I might go that way. Yeah, I romanticized that a lot. And then just to see it full-blown romanticized with the cinematography and her just like walking the streets and her just living her best life obviously made me pine for that way of life. I'm simply too young for it. It's kind of impossible to do that. That was my thing with Janine Garofalo. I'm like, yeah, I would love to not be on social media either. Unfortunately, I wasn't famous uh, yeah. before. Wasn't a movie star in the <laughs> that 90s. That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't understand why anybody who was a movie star in the 90s, why they would be on social media. There's no reason for it. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Some other things in terms of queer media, the trailer dropped for I Care A Lot with Rosamund Pike, which I just want to mention because it appears that she's playing just a a psychotic sociopath lesbian and... Our favorite kind. Right, right. This representation that we're getting, you know, the rallying cry has been more relatable representation... (laughs) for queer women and they're like here's a sociopath yeah the wilds was like Uh, you want an angry one here you go um right and and then of course because we haven't had enough of this in the past couple of years another trailer dropped for a movie called the world to come which is basically lesbian brokeback mountain written by two men starring casey affleck yeah i didn't click the trailer when you posted about it in the facebook group i said i can't i'm gonna sit this one out it's like I, it was so disappointing because it's put out by bleaker street films which usually yeah. i mean they were behind disobedience but they put a lot of good indie dramas out there and this was it was just like really so male gazy in the trailer and like casey affleck shows up and you're like why isn't he a sexual assault yeah me too person like why would you do that and then of course i see then it's written by two men i'm like well now this all makes sense but with all the movies coming out of two white women uh lesbians having you know forbidden love um you know sans electricity (laughs) 
who's saying yes green light this I don't know, man. Did all these movies get greenlit like around the same time and then they weren't aware what everybody else was doing and then all of a sudden it feels just like an abundance and normally I would like an abundance of queer content, but this is a little much. It's it's too much winning. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I'm sorry I didn't click on it. I'm sorry I didn't look into it. If you're it's... the better person for it, <laughs> Melody. Sometimes it's not necessary for both of us to suffer. Good, good, good. Thank you. <laughs> to get the news out. I know you did your duty last week by being on a... <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Donald Dot the Win. Oh my God, <laughs> I can't Donald stop. Win. I can't stop. Melanie, and- I'm worried that you're going to be red-pilled. I was editing the episode last week and I'm like... I don't know. I'm a little bit worried that Melody's spending too much time on the I Donald did notice Dot you win. cut some of it out. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't want anybody getting We're not trying ideas. to radicalize you. I Okay, here's the thing. I am, like, incredibly fascinated with, you know, conspiracy theories. I feel like they live in this space that, like, cult documentaries and, you know, that kind of true crime area I like lives. Well... And because MAG is a cult. And it is a so cult. So I can see how this is fascinating so I for you. I hate yes. to admit it. I've been back to that online forum three times since we recorded last week. It's What are they planning? Let's say they're armed and ready. And some of them are like, like I saw some thread about how like, oh, they can try to shut down Airbnb. We're staying at my cousin's. Like people are still like making their way down there and planning things. And like just so crazily out in the open. Guys, if you want to... Read it for yourself. Melody, yourselves. don't tell them where to find it because speaking of representation we don't need, Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was shot at the Capitol, was in a thruple. Wait, the one who died? What? Yes. With whom was she in a thruple with? Or- her and her husband had a live-in girlfriend. They did like a profile about her life because of course they did. And then oh. one of the people they talked to was her live-in girlfriend. That's what you posted about in the Facebook group. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that's that was... two things you didn't click on that I posted in the group. <laughs> Guys, I've been so I'm depressed. Um, why? Because no, I've been, been on the Donald yeah. <laughs> forum. True. Well, now I know how to get your attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'd, I had no idea that was about her. Crazy. I don't know. I'm fully addicted to the Instagram account Homegrown Terrorists. Whoever is running that account <laughs> is doing the Lord's work. Have you not seen it? They're they're like over 150 something K followers at this point, just like overnight after the attempted coup. They, um, whoever this is, is, I seems to be a DC local. I don't know. Um, someone is just collecting information about everyone who was there, especially those who actually made it into the Capitol and just exposing their social media. And so they'll update when they're identified and then they'll update again when they've in fact been arrested. And it is beautiful, like pure schadenfreude. It is the best Instagram follow. And I was like, who is this person? I want, I like, I sent them money. I like... They are an American hero. And someone Your money already goes to the FBI who should be figuring this out, Melody. I know. Yes, my money goes to the um toilets that the Secret Service had to pay for to go shit outside of Ivanka's house because they wouldn't let them in to use one of their like fifty bathrooms. Did you see this? That oh, of we course have spent I saw it. over a hundred thousand dollars of our tax paying ugh, whatever. Um Whoever is running this account 
is an ally. I don't know if they're queer. I don't know if they're women non-binary, but I do know that they are a Housewives fan because they exposed <laughs> recently a woman who was from Orange County and, um, you know, someone wrote, Wow, she just shows you that money can't buy you class. Because this woman's rich, clearly. She stormed was the Capitol the in the Louis Vuitton. Yes, that woman. Okay. Uh, someone commented. I did go to her Instagram account. Oh, me too. She, yeah, very plastic surgery. So yeah. wild looking. I can only yeah. describe her face as wild. <laughs> someone wrote, just goes to show, money can't buy you class. And then homegrown terrorist replied, Elegance is learned, my friend, which is a song put out by Countess Luanne Deliceps, one of the Real Housewives of New York cast members. So truly go support this person. They're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Something for everyone. Love it. All this crazy news going on. And it was nice just to read one piece of news that I feel like is a, a win for Tracy Chapman, which is a win for lesbians everywhere, that Tracy Chapman, for anybody who cares, won her lawsuit against Nicki Minaj. I have nothing against Nicki Minaj, okay, but if you're going to sample people, you got to pay up, yeah. right? Isn't that how it works? I usually, I don't know, people sample people all the time, but Tracy Chapman, it's not like she's been you can't- making a lot of... She's living off royalties of her music from the past. So pay her. This is how she makes her money. Don't yeah. fuck over a daikon. Like Tracy Chapman. So she got 450 grand, and I'm very happy for her. Yeah, Nikki can afford it. I hope she buys Um, some sturdy boots or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you can't sample Tracy without paying up. You can sample, I feel like it's like case by case. I don't know. Right. Definitely, I don't. Yes, as you could tell by my stuttering, I'm a barb, and I don't know how to talk about it. I'm a barb. I'm fully a barb. I love Nicki Minaj so much. I think she consistently gets in her own way and shoots herself in the foot with just every attack on a new female rapper or just her frustration. But, you know, it's hard being queen. Yeah, I like Nicki Minaj a lot. I love Nicki Minaj. Uh, You know, ever since her verse in the song Monster, was a fan, Mm -hmm. love it, and... You know, I wish her the best, but if you're going to have me pick between Nicki Minaj and Tracy Chapman. I don't want to, and I will not. <laughs> Moving on. Fair. <laughs> Carolyn. Yeah. Enough. Leave Barb's alone. What is the gayest thing you did this week? It's going to be short and sweet. Uh, saw a beaver. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Count it. Yep. <laughs> There's a a beaver uh, in the lake by my house, and we're going to be best friends. It's great. It's a gay beaver. Um, I recently on my TikTok for you page uh, found someone who seems to have many beavers (laughs) as pets. Um, I forget the name of this user, but they're so cute. They are very cute. They don't strike me as something you'd have as a pet. No, it looks so gross. They're wet. What are their tails called? Is just dragging all over their house, and it doesn't. Look oh, it's like good. in an indoor pet. Yeah, that's just walking around their house. That's weird. You no. Know. Yeah. <sighs> What's the gayest thing you did? Well, gayest thing I did this week after watching pretend it's a city i was awestruck by the cinematography i looked into it it turns out it was done by a woman named ellen kuras i don't know how to say her last name hopefully that's it and 
when you just Google her name, her Wikipedia comes up, and this person looks like a bona fide dyke, all right? Just looks so gay. I don't know if she is, but the gayest thing I did do was spend at least an hour trying to figure out if she was. <laughs> and that's that. Well, if... If she's New York based, we've had some uh, filmmaker past guests before. We just have to ask around. Yeah, New Jersey based, but we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I'm sure one of them has had a an ex who has slept with her. If that is, yeah, in fact, the case. Activate the chart. Let's go. Also, other than that, gayest thing of the week, I have been getting into Reddit. I know I sound 50 years old. Um, it is a <laughs> website that has been. I don't know. Just. I finally demystified it. It's something about yeah. it was intimidating. I don't. I end up there sometimes when I Google questions, but I've never really explored, perused. Yeah. Found so many great threads, like specifically like lesbian forums. There was one that was super helpful that was like porn for actual lesbians. Very helpful. Um, oh. <laughs> and then I was on a thread called Actual Lesbians. And wouldn't you know it, I stumbled across a thread about some diking out drama. <laughs> and y'all know what I'm talking about. But it was just so crazy to come across in the wild. <laughs> Um, yeah, and just like yeah. see my name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. A year ago, I did see that there were some people posting about diking out on Reddit, and I'm like, I don't want to look more because I'm afraid. So right. I'm just gonna leave right now before I, I see something that uh, yeah makes me. I did <laughs> X out right after that. <sighs> but more on that at the Patreon hang, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this episode. Today we are diking out with comedian, content creator, and sex worker Irene Marrow, who writes for Betches and has been featured on Vice. Irene, it's so good to dike out with you today. Oh my God, I cannot wait to dike out with you guys. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. We have to ask before we get started, mm -hmm. can you tell us the gayest thing you've done this week? And you can tell us the most bisexual thing you've done this week, too, because you are you are you identify as a bisexual, correct? I do. Yeah. OK, so um, I'll start with bisexual. Um, I got like was like on the precipice of a blackout, you know, when you're like teetering around the edge kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. And I like sat my boyfriend down and made him watch like acoustic um live recordings of Dua Lipa with me. <laughs> I was like, isn't she amazing? She's hot, babe. Tell me she's hot. She's hot. And like that went on for like hours. <laughs> she's so hot and a bicon actually. Um, her SNL sets were so good that like reignited my obsession with her. And I've been listening to mm -hmm. so much of her lately. How old is she? I have no idea. She's like ageless. I feel like. Because I know she's dating Anwar Hadid, which is Yolanda Hadid's youngest kid, like the Hadid kids. Yeah. How, How many, many Hadids, Hadids are, are there? <laughs> Three. Okay. Bella, Gigi, Anwar. 
Irene, you know, it's the pandemic, so I haven't really seen you on the comedy scene because there is no comedy scene. <laughs> but before that, never really crossed paths with you that much. Like I, I've known of you for a while. I know you're very funny. I've seen you. your comedy. But tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, man, my favorite. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Take us there. Yeah, I mean, I, thank you for my intro. It was lovely. Um, I am those three things, and also right now, kind of none of those three things. Um, <laughs> but back when, when being, uh, you know, a public person was allowed, I, I was. I'm a, a stripper and a comedian and a writer. And I, in my comedy, I tried to kind of bring those things together. A lot of my comedy is about, you know, stripping and, and sex work and trying to make, I mean, people have, you know, dead hooker jokes and all that bad shit. So trying to create jokes that turn it around and make it so sex workers are not the butt of the joke. I love that. Me too. How did that make you feel when you were starting out and just hearing all of the jokes that guys make that disparage sex work? Oh my God. Amazing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's a real rush. I was actually a comedian before I was a sex worker. I got interested in like sex worker rights, like politics and and the movement before I became a sex worker myself. I didn't actually think like, I was like, oh, I can't do that. Like I'm not, you know, hot enough or good enough or, you know, confident enough. Um, And then, because, you know, you guys are comedians, you're always doing like day jobs and and freelance gigs. And I Mm -hmm. was tired of being a nanny and taking care of other people's children. I don't want children of my own. So I was like, why am I spending my days <laughs> literally being a paid mom? And I didn't want to get back in the service industry. I was tired of like stringing together freelance writing gigs and like barely getting by. So I went in and auditioned at a strip club and they were like, sure, do you want to work tonight? And I was like, what? Oh, seriously? <laughs> we had an episode on stripping with Amber Rallo, and mm-hmm. it was Jack the Stripper, who's also a past guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of queer strippers slash comedians uh, in the community. And I say a lot because right now you're the third one I know. So I'm like, oh, that's three. Uh, that's more. Yeah, than- there's Beck O'Neill. There's <laughs> Anya. Beck O'Neill, Paul's, that's right. It's yeah. so funny because a lot of strippers that I know and work with are like um, a lot of them are bisexual, pansexual, but so many, even I feel like sometimes the most like successful ones are just like fully gay, like lesbians. And it's so amazing to watch because the whole thing is, you know, making these men believe that you're into them. Right. And it's so right. funny to watch them like be so good at that when they're like, have absolutely no interest in men in general. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone like these slobs, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I wonder if men can kind of pick up on that. And that's Mm. the thing that men find really attractive is knowing that like deep down you want nothing to do with them. Absolutely. Especially these, these men are such like, I worked at a lot of like Manhattan, like quote unquote gentlemen's clubs. So they are very like weirdly I feel like kind of like sadistic and like they really I think do like hate themselves and like so that would make sense to me (laughs) (laughs) um was the audition in New York um I mean at this point I've auditioned at a few clubs but the first one uh I say audition I was like ready I was like so nervous I was like I'm gonna have to usually an audition is like you have to get on stage for like 30 seconds to a minute and like take your clothes off 
like mm. in the club. So like, you know, the club is open. But this one, um, it literally, I felt like I was in like a movie. Like it was this like disgusting, unattractive guy. He was literally like eating a cookie and the crumbs were like falling onto his belly and he was like <laughs> licking them off. Um, I went to the wrong address because the wrong address is on Google Maps. So I was late and then he like, when I got there, he was like, are you fucking stupid? Like, do you know how to read? And like completely like degraded my intellect oh, and then was man. like, well, you're hot. Get up and turn around. So I did a spin for him. I was also soaking wet because it was raining out and I had like, I was lost. So I was like running around Midtown. <laughs> so I was like a drowning rat in like heels. <laughs> but anyway, I turned around and he was like, yeah, you're hot. Do you want to work tonight? And that was it. I worked that night. Damn. <laughs> That's really interesting. I can't tell you how many job interviews I've been late for and run in in a panic and mm-hmm. just like sweaty and anxious, but I can't imagine having to like perform, perform after right. that. <laughs> yeah, I feel it was stripping. It is funny how quickly they throw you in and you do have to just like, you're like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. Like, I guess I'm a stripper. Like, I guess I have to go figure out how to like, guess I'm giving a lap dance. Yeah. You're like, I guess it's to this song do they like put on a song or (laughs) there's yeah there's um there's music playing at the club and you you charge per song you're in charge of keeping track so like most clubs it's it's twenty dollars a song that's like pretty much the the go rate it varies a bit but that's also been the go rate for like forever it's never gone up which is bullshit right um Hmm. a lot of guys will accuse you of like lying about how many songs there are and um, they're like just like stand up it's, it is, but the you get pay paid. hasn't changed. Guys <laughs> accuse you of lying and it's like toxic. <laughs> I would say stand-up is way more humiliating. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, and doesn't pay yeah. close to as well. When I heard what Amber made in a night, I was like, wait, why'd you stop? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. You know, you have your bad nights and you have your good nights. And when you have a good night, it's the best to like yeah. that. I remember the first night I like, even like, I mean, in, at that point I was like, oh my God, I'd made this amount of money. Like I had never made that amount of money in that short amount of time. Like I eventually learned how to make way more than that. But like the feeling I had never felt that like, especially as a woman, like that kind of financial, like pride and like independence like walking out of the club knowing I had this like wad of cash with me and that like I didn't have to worry about money for the next like couple weeks or whatever it was uh very liberating huh (laughs) this is me (laughs) considering I think about it all the time uh if I'm being I think about OnlyFans all the time yeah Melody have you ever been to a strip club I've been to one once in Portland um because it was like that's the thing there. And everyone's yeah, like, oh, right. I have to go. Yeah. Other than that, no. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. A bunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. You lived in Atlanta. Were they in Atlanta? Yeah. <gasps> oh, the hub. Well, funny enough, I didn't go to the ones in Atlanta. I used to go to ones in Canada, like Montreal. Interesting. And, um, Clifton Hill. Yeah. What's the vibe at Canadian strip clubs? In Montreal, touching's allowed. Like all touching? Waist up. Got it. Some clubs have really weird. I worked at a club that, yeah, you were allowed to touch waist up. Like, you were allowed to touch boobs, but you weren't allowed to touch butt. And I was like, interesting line to draw. (laughs) I don't know if you could have touched butt, but I remember there was a a bachelor party that my friends and I, we just were hanging out with. 
And the guy getting married took like me and my roommate at the time up for, I guess, a, a lap dance. So this woman was giving the three of us a lap dance, but I was like very uncomfortable the whole time. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know that this is weird because I'm gay and I actually like women. Like if it was a guy, it'd be like very funny for me. But uh, and, and then like having a guy next to me ruined the mood. But mm. then the guy kept being like, touch her tits, touch her tits. I'm like, I'm not touching her tits. Like, that's the last thing I want to do right now. And she's like, it's okay. I'm like, no offense. And like, it was just like a lot of apologizing. I don't know. It was the least (laughs) sexy. I ruined that lap dance. And that guy, you know, he was paying and it was $10 like per person per song. Mm. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I charge per person too as well. Yeah. It's like more. I do whenever there's like a woman it often feels like they're being forced into the lap dance situation. Yeah. So I, I, like they're like a hostage. I'm like trying to, I always try to like feel out like if they want me to actually like give them a lap dance or if they want me to like, be like, Ooh, like a little shimmy or something. <laughs> one time, one time a couple got into a fight while I was giving them a lap dance, but like didn't ask me to stop. Yeah. Walk us through that. <laughs> Because the old tension <laughs> arising, he was trying to like, I think be like, um, you know, like he was like, no dance for her. And she was like, stop, don't do that. Like, I don't care. Like you can dance on him. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and then like was just kind of dancing sexually in front of him. And he was like, dance on my girlfriend. And she was like, I'm not your fucking girlfriend. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was just like kind of hovering above them, just like tits out. It was just, and then eventually they were like, we're leaving. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> uncomfortable hope they're doing well like the women who would love getting a lap dance I picture just like 45 and over straight women who live in the suburbs who are like in a book club and like just down a bottle of Chardonnay Mm -hmm. and then they are like having the time of their life getting a lap dance Yep, that's absolutely a thing. Okay, um, great. Spot on with the chart. <laughs> spot on down to the Chardonnay. You're like you know, somehow somehow they've ordered yeah. Chardonnay at a Manhattan strip club. Didn't even know we had that behind the bar, but they found it. And <laughs> and like yeah, just like they'll get so into. Then they like want to give you a lap dance. They're like it's, oh, I've they're dancing. Them, oh yeah, I've seen people try to get on stage, take off their tops. Like <laughs> yeah, that's a thing too. That yeah, drunk women like to mm-hmm. they love attention mm-hmm. some drunk women and then they don't like that they're not the ones getting attention at a strip club it's too I'm much telling for you them it's to handle just like stand up comedy it seems mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> they're the heckler the drunk girl heckler who says she's not getting attention Literally. and ruins everything i didn't think of it that way but stripping has hecklers <laughs> and it usually is the women or yeah. they're like they're woo girls so they come in for like a bachelorette party and they're like what and then they take like one crinkly dollar bill and put it in your panties and like uh. they're like here you go girl you're so hot I'm like what do you want me to do with this like wipe my ass with it like this is nothing <laughs> um we went to a drag show with my girlfriend and her uh 73 year old southern dad sure <laughs> was like so drunk that he really thought he was in a strip club and he just like he's like no I know what I'm doing okay I know what I'm doing like, oh my god like, <laughs> you know just like touching them and just I don't know what they can do in North Carolina but it was just like he really thought we were in a strip club and these were strippers like he was like was patiently waiting for his lap dance that is so funny <laughs> <laughs> did anyone ever tell him or 
Uh, no, but we do have, I want to say a hundred pictures with every drag queen. Um, he's fully touching them. Um, we're happy. That's they're good. good sports about it. They called him daddy and he gave them a lot of money to make up for it. All the touching. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but like strip clubs are closed right now. Yes. What's like the post COVID community looking like right now? It's rough. Um, Sex workers have definitely been dealt a hard hand with this pandemic. Um, I'm a very privileged, you know, white, cis, able-bodied sex worker. So I'm lucky to be getting by right now. I know a lot of sex workers weren't eligible for, you know, stimulus relief. Um, Obviously, strip clubs are shut down. In-person work is, even if you're doing it, it's obviously dangerous because you're exposing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. A lot of, a lot of people have flocked to OnlyFans, myself included. I think there's like this, you know, you see, you know, people are like like Bella Thorne kill me, but <laughs> like making all that money in one day and you see all these like big success stories, but like it's actually really hard to make money on OnlyFans and now it's like oversaturated and there's a lot of competition and also like translating your in-person sex work to online sex work is like not a seamless transition. It's a totally different ball game. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a struggle. So Bella Thorne going on OnlyFans, I did read a little bit about this and a lot of people were upset with it. Is it the equivalent of how uh, the two stars of the L word decided to start a lesbian podcast in <laughs> quarantine? <laughs> And and immediately got like (laughs) thousands of reviews and I'm sure lots of sponsorship money. And I'm like, come on. It's, you know, under the same bubble of celebrities being the worst people on earth. um, (laughs) (laughs) Thinking they're like, here's an opportunity to make this about me. Perfect. Just what everyone wanted and needed and asked for. Um, especially cause Bella tried to, uh, I thought she was Bella Hadid fully the, the whole time. And then I figured, <laughs> <laughs> then I found out she's a separate person. But anyway, she was like, oh, I'm doing this to like normalize and like make a movie about, you know, online sex work, which no one needs Bella Hadid. No, no wait, Thorn <laughs> <No. laughs> to, to be, to be the, the, the perspective of that film. And also like celebrities, Joining OnlyFans, it's already been proven to happen. Sex workers knew it would happen. Is that it, it's not like normalizing it. It's almost like gentrifying it and turning it into something that it's not and pivoting it away from sex work into... Because the celebrities don't like do nudity. They do like yeah. you know, lingerie or like behind the scenes stuff. So it's like making it not a place for sex workers anymore. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
Can you talk a little bit more about OnlyFans? Because I, I've never been on the platform. I've heard of it. It's uh, During the pandemic, it's become a punchline or on Twitter. A lot of people are like, check out my OnlyFans as a joke. And how did it start out? What was it like? When did you get onto the platform? I don't know exactly like when it itself started. I know sex workers were pretty quick and like cosplay people were pretty quick to flock to it and turn it into what it is today, which is like adult you can sell your adult content on there. Yeah, because I don't I don't even think OnlyFans like advertises itself as like a pornographic site. I think that's what people understand it to be. Yeah. But a lot of uh, sex workers and cosplay people, you um, create your profile, you have a subscription fee. So it's like mine's like $15.99 a month to have access to all my videos and to photos of like my holes and bits. <laughs> And, uh, my, my camera roll is a fucking nightmare now. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so gotta, scary sending anyone strong iCloud password. <laughs> it is so scary sending anyone anything. Like I'm like, mom, look at this. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Like don't hit the wrong thing. <laughs> um, anyway. And then you can like sell like pay to view, uh, or pay to open messages. So if you have like a masturbation video or like a boy, girl, 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 whatever, like sex video, they can pay extra to open that when they can tip or you can oh. be like, you know, tip if you want to see like the more explicit photos, stuff like that. Is there any concern about them taking screenshots and things like that and like leaking? Yes, absolutely. It sucks. There's I've seen on Reddit like whole forums dedicated to just like screenshotting um, and posting everyone's content for free. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. sucks. Because they put like a dainty little watermark at the bottom that's like OnlyFans like to show that but you could easily just crop it out. Yeah. I know people who like are like really successful on OnlyFans. I think it's pretty like standard that your stuff is going to yeah show up on Reddit for all the incels to mm-hmm. absorb. But people I know who like are who are big on OnlyFans have lawyers who literally just go through Reddit and like scrub their stuff from from stuff. Oh like wow! That. I I've never seen my stuff anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if it is somewhere. I always tell them that if they do do that, I will like get my lawyer on their ass. I don't have a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's when I, because I started doing this when the pandemic started and I, that's a big reason why I didn't want to do online sex work beforehand is because it is, it feels to me more permanent and and yeah, like having that consequence. Like when you're at the strip club, you have, you know, your stage name, you can tell as many lies as you want. They can only come find you at the club, hopefully. And then you, you know, you're anonymous and you never see them again or you only see them there. So you don't have to worry about something living on permanently. Like they're not allowed to take pictures and a lot of take videos. Right. Right. Um, what's your stage name? Lucy. Yeah. I, I went to, I worked at one club that that was taken. So I like panicked and said, honey. So <laughs> then my stage name was honey. So then I had all these like gross old white finance dudes calling me honey. And it was like, <laughs> sounded so condescending, but I was like, I literally asked for this. So <laughs> <laughs> should have said master. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying to convince my girlfriend to make a joint account with me or just make her own because she has a very nice butt. And I'm like, we could make so much money. Yes. Desperate right now. I dated a guy um, like years ago who had a lingerie fetish mm-hmm. and you know, that stuff adds up. Like I spent a lot so you have of money from that yes. relationship. I have a whole bag. I'm looking at it in my closet 
it's just a huge sack, like a Santa Claus, just like bag of lingerie. And I've been telling myself that I'm going to make an OnlyFans account and somehow find a way to not have my face in it. <laughs> and you totally can. I'm like going to put all this lingerie to use because I'm so incredibly unemployed and, you know, unemployment's only going to last so long. So um, true. But yeah, I'm like, are, is that a thing? Is there like a presence of people there who don't show their face because There's- of that? totally a lot of people who don't show their face. Um, the biggest obstacle with that, I think, is like, so the only way to get like subscribers is by like promoting it on other platforms. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an app and there's no real way to like discover people. Um, you have to like be given the link, you know? So you probably have to like, if you didn't want it connected to you, you'd probably have to like create like a new, well, now you're not allowed to promote OnlyFans on Instagram. So like a new Twitter that. Seriously, what, what's that about? Because our, our past guest, uh, Erica Owens, who was on 90 Day Fiance before, before the, 90 the 90 Days, days. and she has an OnlyFans account and then posted her most recent one was like, drop some new content over at that site that I'm not allowed to talk about. I'm like, I, I missed this headline. What's going on? Yeah, well, social media hates sex workers in general. Um, right. They're also, do you guys know about Sesta Fosta? Yes, but tell our listeners about it. <laughs> Let me go off real quick. Um, it was signed into law by Mr. Donald J. Trump, J. Trump um, in 2018, I believe. With bipartisan support. Bi- very bipartisan, co-sponsored by Kamala Harris. Right. Um, so like now any website, if someone like says, tries to sell sex on their website, then the website itself can be held liable for it. Before that mm. wasn't true because it's like, you know, the person's free speech, only they can be held accountable. Um, so now websites are terrified of getting slapped with, you know, like prostitution or trafficking charges. So they don't want any sex workers promoting anything, even though it is consensual legal sex work. The wording in Sesta Fossa is pretty vague that they could crack down on it. So websites are are scared of that. So I think they don't want us on there. And then there was the whole debacle with Pornhub recently. And I think sites saw like, you know, people taking their funding and and, uh, pulling out from that. So they're afraid of that kind of like, like they're kind of like overcorrecting right now. And like like I'm currently suspended from Twitter. uh, Twitter? Yeah. (laughs) Twitter I thought was the most... Open. It's supposed to be. I know. I felt so burned. I was like, I the night before, because the new uh, Instagram rules went into effect, and it was like, you can't, you can't show anything from a strip club. You can't show quote unquote like erotic dancing, whatever the fuck that means. You can show music videos though, like what? yeah. I mean, yeah, Kim Kardashian can literally post her ass, and that's yeah. fine. Um, and you can't show, you can't, yeah, you can't promote like OnlyFans. So I like went through my Instagram, scrubbed it, like tried to make sure everything was good. And then the next day got kicked off Twitter. And I was like, at two Caesar? Like, I, I saw that you were suspended on Twitter because I went to go look at, you know, what you've been up to. And then I'm like, what did she say? It's because my like banner photo is a picture of me in my bra and underwear, like holding a trophy that says ultimate cunt on it. <laughs> But you can't, like, it's cropped, so you can't see my boobs or my butt, and they also, they have lingerie on them. Um, and did someone have to report it, or do they detect that and it's gone? So here's the thing. I had just tweeted, when do sluts get the vaccine? Just wondering. And <laughs> then it was, like, blowing up, and all these, like, 
guys were coming and you know reply guys and saying guys, like yeah. uh like misogynistic whorephobic shit and i was in a bad mood so i was like i'm gonna respond never a good idea <laughs> and no. then i was like calling them out and then all of a sudden i was locked out so yeah. someone must have reported That's so crazy because i have subscribed to different only fans accounts and i always thought Twitter was Twitter was a part of the process. I would go to their Twitter and they post, they would post like previews and I'd get an idea of what their OnlyFans was like. And I would subscribe. <laughs> like, I know. So I thought, I thought Twitter was my girl. Now. I thought Twitter was my girl. She betrayed me. I looked at it cause I was looking at the rules and I was like, how is this? And it was like, you can't have quote unquote adult content in your banner photo, which is but is not limited to nudity, partial nudity, or anything that causes human arousal. So it's like human you literally, arousal. like you can't. It sounds like you just like can't be a woman online. Like that's not allowed. Yeah. It's like it's like literally got suspended for being hot. Man, that's insane. You know, with all of these laws, though, a, a lot of them, it's like they're trying to solve one problem and then creating another and. Irene, do you just have the answer on what's the best way to uh, protect people being sex trafficked while also not harming sex workers? What's the solution? Funny you should ask. Um, <laughs> so literally all you need to do is listen to sex workers because every time stuff like this gets passed, we have been talking about it for not even me. I'm, I'm a baby sex worker. People have been talking about this kind of stuff for years. Sex workers, um, like when before SESTA-FOSTA was passed, they were like, this is going to make things more dangerous and it has, it pushes it more underground. The Craigslist stuff was a big. Yeah. And backstage because, you know, if you can't screen your clients online, um, then you can't screen them at all. And you're going to end in more dangerous situations because you Mm -hmm. don't know who you're dealing with. Yeah. So they, sex workers were like, this is going to be bad. It was, and sex workers for a long time, a lot of, you know, sex worker rights advocates and sex workers believe in full decriminalization of sex work, which is what I believe in. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which kind of, you know, takes the law out of it, which is very beneficial for sex workers because if you can believe it, police are not our friends and uh, right. what? <laughs> contribute to a lot of the violence and harassment and sexual assault of, of sex workers. Yeah. And yeah, if you, um, if your customer also isn't afraid of being, um, getting into legal trouble, then they're, they don't have, they can't use that. Like I have a lot to lose against you. If that makes sense. Like if they're like, right. Oh, like I'm risking a lot. So you have to do this for me. Kind of deal. Yeah. And I think that also like with the stuff about sex trafficking and saying like, oh, well, it's because we want to like stop or prevent sex trafficking or kids being abused. I'm like, I don't get how these laws prevent that, though, because it, like you said, when you push people underground more, it's harder to find. Like, wouldn't you rather have everybody kind of like be <laughs> in the know or have like I, I don't know. Totally. So here's the thing. No one wants people to be sex trafficked. No one Obviously. wants child yeah. pornography to happen. But like these laws are not stopping them at all. They might no. even be making it Never. worse because they're conflating consensual adult sex work with sex trafficking. And they're just like not the same thing at right. all. And at the end of the day, like two consenting adults should be able to engage in sex, like whether or not money is exchanged. You know what I mean? 
the mm-hmm. law shouldn't have a say in that. And it, so far, when the law does try to have a say in it, they're just making it worse and making things more dangerous and more underground. You know, I think of QAnon anytime <laughs> <laughs> sex trafficking is brought up. They take they take these laws and they use it to criminalize consensual adult sex workers. Like that's historically what they have done. I don't know if you heard about the case recently where Robert Kraft, the he like owns the Patriots or some shit. Yes, the the <laughs> massage parlor. Yeah, and they oh, like, right. It was like, you know, they said it was like a sex trafficking sting, and you know they had this whole investigation, and now at the end of the day, Robert Kraft is walking free. Right. Um, he had been he allegedly got a hand job or something. And all the people being uh, prosecuted and slapped with felonies and criminal charges are the sex workers, the, the employees of the massage parlor who are like immigrant sex workers. So you could say that, like, these laws aren't working the way they're supposed to, but they kind of are working the way they were secretly intended to, which is targeting vulnerable immigrant sex workers. Yeah. Man. But like they're often passed bipartisan because people, the last thing a politician wants is to look like they're easy on sex crimes. Especially now with QAnon, I feel like that would put you at like a certain That's safety what I'm saying. risk that, yeah, that people are going like to think they're that only you're part making of this it worse. Satanic Democrat sex cult and then, you know, show up. If people took the energy that they used to be obsessed with sex trafficking conspiracy theories and actually, like, read a fucking book about, like, sex work and decrim and, like, what sex workers actually want and need, the world would be a lot different place. Because, like, people think, you know, that sex workers are victims and that we don't know what's good for us and, you know, we're, you know, throwing our bodies away, so how could we ever know what we need? But, you know, sex workers are the ones on the ground doing the work. They know exactly what they need. They're smart, able people. They yeah, know, they some know of the most works. well-adjusted people I know, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a lot of misconceptions around sex work, and it used to be something, I mean, just in terms of feminism, that, like, back in the day, it was seen as something being, like, not feminist to be a sex worker. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, it seems to have gotten really far away from that and that a lot more feminists are on board and are like, yes, you know, decriminalize sex work. Sex work is work and Mm -hmm. we need to stop doing this. And would you agree that it's gotten better at least from like allies from the, the feminist community? Like I can definitely see that. And like, I feel like I live in a bubble on when I, once when I'm allowed on Twitter. I live in, in a very like <laughs> right, and I, that's probably part of it for me too. Is that mm-hmm. this is me thinking like, well, back in the day before I was like super online, <laughs> and you would only hear like mainstream opinions on sex work. But like now that I'm very online in my bubble, it seems right. like everyone's cool with it, man. Like in my echo chamber of like yeah, sex working feminists. Yeah, everyone's being really cool. <laughs> there's definitely they're called. Swerfs, um, it's like turf, but sex work, um, oh. exclusionary radical feminists, they definitely exist. I definitely see their hate. I get some DMs sometimes. Um, Seriously? I've never yeah. heard that term. And I don't doubt they exist. They're so annoying. They're always, it's just kind of being like, you know, they're like, you should really respect yourself more, you stupid fucking slut. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think people, like, it is becoming, it's almost becoming like a hot topic sex work, you know, Mm -hmm. which is good and bad, but it is, I think people are starting to open their minds to it. Like 
For example, my mother. (laughs) (laughs) How'd that Um, conversation go? Let's get into it. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. Um, I had kept it from her for a while and then we like got drinks when I was home and I was like so nervous. I could like feel like my heart beating in my chest and I was like, I have to tell you something. And I was like, I'm a stripper. And she was like, oh, okay. And then she kind of like sat with it for a little bit and she was like, well, I'm not going to come see you perform though. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I fucking hope not, mom. (laughs) It's like, I'm scared to wear a crop top in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, and like, I do other sex work and stuff too that I won't get into on air. And like, I don't think I can fully tell her everything. But like now, so I work for um, the Oldest Profession podcast um, hosted by Caitlin Bailey, which is a great podcast if anyone wants to learn about kind of sex work and history and what's going on with it today but I do their social media. So I told my mom about that and she was like, Oh, I'll follow the account and I'll like sign up for the newsletter, which I write. And now I see my mom like commenting on all of these posts about like being a little cum slut and stuff. Oh <laughs> and my it's, God. it's so cute. She'll like put like a laughy, like emoji. And I'm like, Oh mom. <laughs> so it's like a P flag for sex workers, like parents of sex workers. Yeah. Support. Love it. Yeah. I, I think she is starting to open her mind to it. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. We need the parents visible and, And I think the same thing is with coming out to your parents is queer. It's like their number one concern is like your safety. Like, oh, I'm fine. I just worry about your safety. You know, I just hope you're safe. It's hard for a parent. I'm sure. Like my mom was like, she was like, I just hope you don't ever feel objectified. And I was like, that's really sweet, mom. But like, I feel objectified every day when I walk down the street. Like, It might as well make some money off. Literally. Yeah. I was like, now I'm just getting paid for it instead of like feeling like shit on the street when someone yells something at me. I mean, that's still yeah. happening, obviously. But. Yeah. <laughs> Ideal. I feel like yeah. I'm going to have one by the end of the year. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm talking about olding fans. I think about it every Is this day. something for me to bully you into, Melody? Because I'll yeah. do it. I, I really need the nudge. Um, I will absolutely support your OnlyFans journey. Thank you. <laughs> have you ever... Um, because you can see everyone who subscribes to your OnlyFans, right? Like you get their email address. Have you ever no. had anyone you know like... And been like, oh, it is my old coworker. Or <laughs> you don't get their like they can. Um, you don't get their email address. They can pick their username, and most of my, I assume, I, I shouldn't like pre-gender or <laughs> like sexual identity anyone, but I, I think they're mostly straight men because like so many of them just choose their username to be Steve <laughs> and like John or Matt and. Like, so unimaginative. Although I do have one whose his username is Boner Pilot, and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Count every it. once in a while. He's always ready for takeoff. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> At your service. <laughs> there, every once in a while, I'll have someone, even like a comedian or someone, be like, hey, like, is it okay if I subscribe? Which I really appreciate. It's really nice. Obviously, like, I'm advertising it, like, it's a free market, baby. Uh, everyone's, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's allowed, but it's nice to, to get that. I hate, I had like one person be like, Hey, like we went to high school together and I was oh. like, Oh God. And then, but like, wouldn't tell me who it was. No. And I was like, Ew. I was like so, is this yeah. like, my teacher. Friend? <laughs> <laughs> it's your principal bitch. <laughs> Oh, oh. Yeah, I was wondering, I bet comedians would sign up 
Yeah, really, really a horny crowd. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I like, you can also like incorporate comedy into your, I just saw today you'd posted a very funny video on your Instagram um, oh, thank you. where you're like narrating a pole dance. Yes. <laughs> That's a tutorial. And you're like, well, first I just think about like the never ending despair or whatever. I don't remember everything <laughs> verbatim, but I really think there's a good, like, have you ever tried to like be funny in your only, like your sex work? How does that, has yeah. that ever intersected? I feel like all my captions are pretty funny um, and try to bring a little personality to it because men are obsessed with the idea of women having personalities. They're like, oh, I've literally had so many like subs give me the like, you're not like the other girls comment. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, one time I like put together, it was like beginning of quarantine. Remember beginning of quarantine when we were like, you'd wake up and just start drinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went crazy on the weed then. <laughs> Yeah, I was to this morning. I was like, I can tell things are bad because I'm feeling like nostalgic for the beginning of quarantine. But, <laughs> but anyway, I used to just get like drunk during the day and make OnlyFans content, and I put together this like weird video of me like drinking wine fully before noon and like posing in my lingerie, and I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> it did not get a lot of traction. <laughs> yeah. Sunlight. Does it make it too mm-hmm. real? <laughs> for them, I guess. For me, I felt yeah, great for about them. it. <laughs> Do you know of any queer or dykey sex workers that our listeners might want to be aware of? I mean, off the top of my... I'm so, like I so many sex workers are, yeah. are queer people. Um, and Jack the Stripper is, is queer, isn't she? She's yeah, not yeah. she's married them. to a woman. Mm-hmm. Cool. She's, she's great. She has merch. She does. I always, she has a great I always merch. see her merch. She has a great line of merch because she also draws. Jack the Stripper, she's here, out here illustrating, stripping, doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Rebecca O'Neill is on OnlyFans. She's Winter a baby. queer woman. Oh, yeah. I subscribe to hers. We, we, we give each other, like, free links. I want to subscribe to her. I am actually going through a thing right now where, like, I was subscribed to someone and I tried to, like, I was like, I'm done. Like, they just didn't update it. And I was like, I don't want to keep like there's stop there was like a defunct account I was charged for mm-hmm. and I tried to like get out of it and then I, they wouldn't so I disputed it and now I can't I'm not allowed to like I can't subscribe to anyone oh no <laughs> they like completely blocked my name like oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know it's impossible for me to subscribe to anyone at this point it's like you 180 and like the the sex worker app banned you <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) The real victim. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) I'll find my way back, but yeah. um, I'm always amazed whenever anyone renews their subscription. I'm like, how many times could you want to see my pussy? But (laughs) I'm so glad you do. But like, thank you for coming back. But like, it's all in this, it's in the same room. It's just like on my bed (laughs) for like like nine months now. (laughs) Well, you have a stripper pole, so that's, you know. That's true. Good I do content. some, some tripper, stripper stuff. You have a stripper pole in your apartment? I do. I'm looking at it right now. Is it like a tension pole? Yeah. My okay. boyfriend set it up. I had one in my last apartment. My um, old roommate, gay male, so good at pole. Just like tried to teach me for like a workout fitness type of thing. But I just, I never, I don't have the upper body strength. But then it seems like. 
but I work out and I feel like I'm strong. And then I see other people do it. So I just feel like I didn't, there's a hack to it that I <laughs> maybe. It's truly just doing it over and over again. I was yeah. so bad when oh, I first yeah. started and I didn't have, I, I, I learned at the club, which is in hindsight, humiliating. Like, <laughs> I think I thought Learning I was like an audience. I think I thought I was like fucking killing it. And I'm like, if I ever had footage of what I was doing, I would kill myself. Like, it must have been so bad. Again, very similar to comedy. I know. I'm saying like killing <laughs> it. Is there a bomb equivalent? Like, have you ever felt like you bombed? Yeah, have you bombed? Well, so absolutely. Um, <laughs> one time I've had like my shoe fall off and like stuff like that, but New York is, like, not a stage-centric place. Like, Atlanta is, like, a very stage-centric, like, More most... Room. Yeah, New York is, like, you know, private rooms, lap dances. So sometimes you'll be on stage, um, and people are, like, sitting at the stage and literally, like, on their phones or, like, just watching and not tipping. And there's... It's a real... It's a real deep-in-your-stomach pit to be, like, naked, crawling around on a ground and swinging around a pole and just getting nothing. Oh, <laughs> man. I've really just walked off stage once. Just mid. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm done. The DJ was yeah. like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to the bar. Uh, <laughs> one time my acrylic nail snapped off on stage and I was so drunk that I just kicked it into the crowd. <laughs> one time recently-ish, I um, there was like this janky pole at this place I was working and I was spinning around upside down and my hair got caught like in the bottom of the pole Oh, and no. I was twirling. So it like, you know, you know when that happens. And yeah. then I was like, I don't know. So I like dismounted. So like somersaulted onto the ground, but I'm still stuck to the pole, like in the <gasps> fetal position. And I was like, I have to just rip it out. So I just ripped it out. Oh my God. And now I have like an undercut. Under here. Oh my God. And I didn't, I was like, what do I do? So I like threw it into my cash bucket. Like they give you a bucket to throw all your cash in. And then someone pulled me off the stage because they like wanted a lap dance and like to talk to me. So then I like just was walking around with a bucket with my hair and money in it. And then my manager walked by and I was like, "Can you come here real quick?" And I was like, "Can you take this?" And he was like, "What is it?" And I was like, "It's my hair. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I want to tip you right now for that. Like just... Wow. For for any listeners who want to tip me, my Venmo is Irene Dash Yes. Yes. Please tip Irene. So in terms of doing sex work, I want to know, like, what are your boundaries? Where do you draw the line? And has that changed since you started? Yes. Um, boundaries. I feel like sex work has taught me a lot about boundaries, um, which I think is surprising to people. People think that, you know, it's a lot of doing stuff you don't want to do or feeling like you're desperate. So you have to do things. And that happens, I think, to women in any circumstance in life where, you find yourself maybe doing something you're not comfortable with or whatever. But I feel like sex work has taught me to take a bigger stance on that and be more like honest with myself of what I'm comfortable with, what I'm not. And something really valuable that sex work has taught me is that like my boundaries are fluid. Um, so like yeah. some nights I am comfortable with this, that, and the third and other nights I'm like, I'm actually not going to do that tonight. Cause I don't feel like it. And that's yeah. okay. Like you don't have to be like the kind of girl who does this, the kind of girl who doesn't do that. You can, you can keep your boundaries the same, but I find that mine fluctuate and like being okay with that is really I valuable. I love that. And I've never thought about that. Yeah. How often do you see couples? This is again for me. Um, <laughs> Is that prevalent? 
couples. couples. Yeah. So many couples do OnlyFans. And it's like, honestly, great because the most money I ever make is with making content with someone else. Um, mm. And it's hard oh, to yeah, like collaborating. Yeah. Um, so if you have that like organically in your brand already, fantastic. Yes. <laughs> is there any legislation or advocacy groups that we should be aware of to help protect sex workers? Well, I mean, like I said, I work for the Oldest Profession podcast, so you should definitely go follow Old yes. Podcasts. I, I started listening today. Yay! Yeah. I make sure to try to give a lot of resources there, and if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get resources about all that stuff from yours truly. Um, a lot of stuff is going through like legislation right now. There was just Cecilia, which was going to be really, really bad for sex workers. It got, um, it died, but it might, you know, come back. Um, please contact your representatives and tell them to repeal SESTA-FOSTA. Um, oh, the Erna Act is another one. It's basically like SESTA-FOSTA on steroids, like even worse, but it, it died. I believe it died in the house, but again, these these things can easily come back. So yeah. just keep them on your radar. And when they do, you know, get introduced, just contact your representatives and be like, no. I find that it's best to like not even bring sex work into it when I call and be like, this is like, you know, unconstitutional and a violation of my freedom of speech. Cause I feel like that is more appealing to legislators. Right. Because this is one progressive issue that doesn't seem to have progressive Congress people behind it. Representative Ro Khanna um, is introducing a bill to just do a study on SESTA-FOSTA to show that, like, it's not effective and it's actually harmful because um, they haven't even done a study, a case study on it. And I think Elizabeth Warren is, is either co-sponsoring it or, like, supporting it. So keep an eye on that and, and, and be supportive of that. Yeah, I mean, with sex work being the oldest profession, you would think that there's data out there based on laws in other countries that we can see people who have done it, you know, well. Yeah. But like like in the Netherlands, you know? Yeah, Netherlands is legal. New Zealand, it's decriminalized and it's going fucking great. There are countries who are doing it and that have figured out a way at, without it becoming like a hub for sex trafficking. Like, Yeah, you don't really need sex trafficking if there's like, you know, legit sex work happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. And the, and the sex trafficking statistics are definitely like exaggerated and blown out of proportion. I'm in no way saying that it's not a problem uh obviously like very against people being forced into doing anything that they totally. did not sign up for obviously mm-hmm. uh but i did hear and i forget what podcast it was on it might have been even an npr podcast of somebody who had studied the issue uh at large and found that it was like the numbers and the data were were like highly exaggerated and the most cited statistics about the prevalence of um sex trafficking actually lumped in so much consensual sex work uh, and they 100%. don't take sex workers word for the fact that they're oh, doing yeah. it consensually. They like sit them in, in an interrogation room for hours until they ad, quote unquote admit that it's trafficking when they're like, no, it's not. So yeah, a lot of yeah. the, a lot of the stats that you're reading are actually not trafficking. And again, I try not to get myself in trouble with it. It was like, oh, yes, trafficking, any amount of trafficking is horrible, should not happen. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's used as like fear mongering and conspiracy. Well, it's just being weaponized right now, blatant, like with QAnon, 
there's a sex worker. Wait, do you know Sovereign Sire? Is that her that name? Um, she also does comedy. She's a sex worker um, and writer and has done some writing about like specifically how QAnon is making this so much worse for sex workers right now. Yeah. And like the, here's like the whole like trafficking thing. Like I don't like definitely look all the stuff up. I <laughs> don't take my word for it, but like historically it does come from like racism and like trying to create this theory in America that like, like men of color are going to like steal the white women and like traffic them and like, like white yeah. slavery and all this stuff, which is like not true. Like usually it's not like the movie taken. It's like, someone's going to st- take your white daughter. And like <laughs> mostly, mostly people being like quote unquote trafficked or actually trafficked are people who are like in desperate, bad situations who are not, you know, privileged white women. Yeah. I mean, I know there were a lot of people, a lot of conservatives who were, uh, really defending the child separation policy at the border being like, well, a lot of these kids are being sex trafficked. I'm like, no, they're yeah, like, so lock them up. kids coming with their families. <laughs> being sexually yeah. abused in these camps. Actually. I also yes. love the like ice by ice. Cool. Exactly. I also love that. They're like, they're being sex trafficked. So put them in a cage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'll I, help. I have done comedy in a cage at a strip club once. Actually, there was a show. Um, oh yeah, oh, no, it was a gay bar. Actually, it was not a strip club, but <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> right, so many cages and poles at gay bars. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to distinguish sometimes. It's just like well, I don't know. I feel like we're not Instagram's not going after a lot. It's like the gay men are posting porn. <laughs> like it is that is all gay Twitter and gay Instagram. It is porn, and that gets to fly. Yeah, a lot of celebrities post a lot of stuff that's like against Instagram rules. I I get a lot of my stuff on Instagram taken down a lot. That like, one time I like like asked for an appeal and they were like, "Oh yeah, our bad. Like this is not nudity." <laughs> and I was like, no. "Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've definitely been flagged." Back when the whole release the nipple or or no free the nipple release the nipple release <laughs> Jesus launch the nipple Dork. <laughs> like it's a cut scene. Uh, <laughs> Back when a lot of the free the nipple stuff was happening, the one thing that people noticed was that if you're non-binary, then you could have your nipples on Instagram. I've also seen like um, a lot of trans women be able to have their nipples, which is great, but it's almost like Instagram being transphobic by not taking it down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Weird kind of whiplash. Yeah. So it's basically only cis women who can't have their nipples out. I what did I, I had something taken down. Well, I, my, and I'm talking about my, I have like a sex work Instagram separate from my like comedy one. And it has been flagged or something. Cause I will literally post something. And before I can even go to like, t- like tap into something else, it's like, this has been taken down. Like, oh, really? Immediately. Yeah. So that's why they're, they're spying on me. Do you have any advice for any listeners slash Melody who are interested in doing sex work? <laughs> <laughs> I really um, want to make an OnlyFans if they will ever allow me on the platform after that. <laughs> my biggest advice, it's, it's so fun. It really is like basically what you would tell any new comedian is that like your chances are it's going to be like really hard at first. There's going to be times where you leave crying and like yeah. feel like shit, <laughs> but like it's all, you, you get better, you learn, um, it can be very rewarding. It can be exhausting. Yeah. If you, it's like the same thing I tell people who want to get into comedy, like you do have to have thick skin and it's going to mm-hmm. be hard and it's okay if it's not for you. 
Anything else that you want to say about sex work as we wrap up? You know, do do your reading. If you if you are someone who hasn't kind of thought about, you know, decriminalizing sex work, you look into that, see the benefits of it. Um, tip your sex workers, subscribe to their OnlyFans when the clubs are open, go throw money on them, <laughs> uh, donate to mutual aid, and yeah, jerk off, have a good time. Awesome. Well, where can people find you on OnlyFans, Instagram, plug all the social media? Uh, OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Lucy Star with two R's. Um, Wait, no are we going to get in Jeffrey. trouble for you promoting your OnlyFans on our podcast? Are no. We, no, right? <laughs> I hope not. You can take it out if you want. <laughs> Instagram, I have my my public one is underscore Irene Marrow. Um my sex work one is too inappropriate for daddy. With the, I created it years ago before I was a sex worker because my dad follows my public account and I didn't want him to see like my sexy photos, <laughs> my thirst traps. For sure. Um, and if Twitter ever allows me back on, it's slut underscore ink. Can you, can you believe they, can you believe they tracked me down? <laughs> Comedian sex workers are the best sex workers. Please support Irene. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I really love the overlap of the sex work community and the comedian community. It wasn't something that I expected when I was doing comedy, but I was like, this is wonderful. And it makes so much sense. We need money and we love attention. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Irene, thank you so much for digging out with us. This was Thanks, a lot of fun. Irene. Thank you. So fun. All right, it's time for our listener question. Let's wrap this up. All right. I am currently pursuing someone who has never been with a woman before. I've never been the more experienced partner before and I'm scared as shit. I know what I'm doing, but I'm just kind of freaked out because I don't want to screw her up with liking woman if I mess up or something. I don't know. Any tips? But is it like also dot, dot, dot bad if I dip out because of not wanting to take her lesbian virginity? What is wrong with you people? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we get so many emails from the other side. I'm like, I don't think that's a real thing. I don't think you need to be worried that you don't have experience before. People don't care. And this person's like, I care and I might dip out because of it. I'm like, no, now I'll, now we're going to get 10 more of the yeah, other right ones. From the other side. <laughs> it is not a, a big deal. It is, it is a yeah. non-issue. Right. You are putting so much pressure on yourself, which is queer culture, and I appreciate it, mm -hmm. but you don't need to do that, all right? Like, my first experience with a woman, it was fine, all right? It, was, it wasn't anything to make a GeoCities website about. It was, <laughs> it was okay. Dating yourself. And... <laughs> and that didn't make me not want to be with women again. I mean, even, even it just being okay was like greater than anything I've ever experienced. Right. So don't worry about it. Like also we're in a pandemic. We should just be like grateful that we have that opportunity. Uh, right. If you're, you know, single and out there, it seems like you have to put a lot more work in if you're going to have to move on to try and find someone else and quarantine and get tested. <laughs> <laughs> plan all these dates and work up to that point again you have a sexual partner ready and willing and able and do it yeah yeah don't dip out i mean i guess it's not 
bad per se. Do whatever you want. You know, you're in charge of your own life, but I think you're you're being silly. <laughs> Truly no one cares. Yeah. yeah. On either sides. People are so excited to just have someone naked with them. Yes. I mean, and I used to think this way too, when I was on the other side. Yeah. And this is a reminder to people on the other side. No one cares. (laughs) It's just something like these questions, every time we get them, they like blow my mind because I've just never thought like that. I've never been like oh no like what if I or what if they or I'm just like hey let's get sexy like (laughs) what's the drawback to taking someone's lesbian virginity we can discuss that they'll get attached is that it I don't yeah I don't know what the drawback would be other than if you're afraid that they're gonna be like super clingy or something but it sounds like your worry is that this person might have like crazy expectations of what this is going to be and that you're not going to be able to meet them, but don't, don't worry about that. Yeah. That is the issue. I've never been the more experienced partner and I'm scared as shit. Think of how this person feels. (laughs) Yeah. This person is probably equally anxious based on, again, our many (laughs) listener emails about this. So this person has emailed us actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be next week's question. Is from this person you're talking about? Great. That so the answer. Um, any tips? Just do it. Um, is it bad if you dip out? Yes. Great. Well, if you have any questions, that was a great example of a short question to submit. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, we appreciate that. We might have bumped you up the list because of that. Mm-hmm. And send your questions to dykingout at gmail.com. Or if you have a more specific kind of question, you can go to Jemmy and we'll send you a personalized video answer. That's J-E-M-I dot app, A-P-P slash dyking out and speaking of dyking out you should follow us on social media we are on twitter we're on facebook we don't post as much on facebook because we're more active in our patreon group there Mm -hmm. but uh on twitter we're posting some content there that's different than what we post on instagram so just follow us all around yeah so for a well-rounded dyking out experience and you can follow me at tgi carolyn maybe i'll post a picture of the beaver actually do that yeah, Cecilia posted a picture of the beaver to her story. So for more more beaver content, uh, at TGI Carolyn or at Ceci Bergier, C-E-C-I-B-E-R-G-I-E-R. If you want more figurative beaver content, you can follow me at Melody Kamali on everything. <laughs> yeah, Melody, your Instagram stories have been cracking me up lately. They always crack me up, uh, but... <laughs> They're Which, just very funny. It's okay. a good follow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I need to remember to post to the grid. I truly put all my efforts in something that expires within hours, which is just great. <laughs> okay. Tell them when they can see us again. You can see us next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.